Also, the Mystery Prelude, sponsored by Kathy Hansen, in memory of Al, whose birthday would have been yesterday. Did anybody get it? What? What? No, I don't think that was it. You raised me up. Church decorating for Christmas, November 25th, is Saturday at 9 a.m., and then we're going to leave the chapel for the 29th at 1230. Also, the jams, a lock-in on November 17th, and the youth group, a retreat on November 17th. Our 20 to 35 church friends group will meet next Sunday. They'll be at the 1030 service in the balcony, and then lunch is provided for them. Women's book group, uh, November 28th. Also, this Wednesday is lunch and worship. We're having meatloaf and mashed potatoes at noon and 1 o'clock worship service. Our food drive officially ends today, but we will not take it until Wednesday. So all the way up to Tuesday, we'll, you can bring your food in. Also, November 19th, next Sunday, is new member uh, reception of new members. And in honor of them, we're going to do something new. It'll be twice a year when we receive new members. Name Tag Sunday. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. So the elders will be stationed at every entrance into the chapel or sanctuary. They'll get you a name tag. You'll get to know some of the elders here. And they love hearing complaints about me, so feel free. Also, Thanksgiving, we have two opportunities to worship on Thanksgiving Eve at 7 o'clock and then Thanksgiving morning at 9 a.m. We rise for opening hymn.
make our beginning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. United States Army, please stand. States Navy.
United States Coast Guard. United States Air Force. allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
What pastor Jim again? Like no. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to help him. You think that was the right thing to do? No, no. You know, we just celebrated our veterans and all those who gave so much to protect our country. And we think of their service and sacrifice. They gave so much. Jesus sacrificed his all so that we could live with him forever on that perfect place. And we learn from him that he wants us to help others. And it's good to help others. A number of years ago, Redeemer built a church in Burkina Faso. Uh, this congregation didn't have anywhere to worship, so Redeemer funded building the church. In fact, if you go downstairs in our historical wall, you'll see a picture of some of the people from the congregation. They named their church Redeemer, and you can see a picture of them. But we also adopted some children from Burkina Faso. And these are the children we adopted. And we also have, because it's a way we can help them. We could pray for them. And here you get a little box, and you can put your change in there. And that makes a difference, and it will go to Burkina Faso to help the children that we adopted. On the back are their names. Maybe you could remember them in your prayers at night. And if any adults want one of these, uh, just for your change, see Miss Nicole. She has some. And uh, I want to thank you for coming up, and today you're going to get one of these. And... Oh, okay. Thank you. The Old Testament reading for today is taken from the book of Amos, chapter 5, 10 through 12, those who lack justice. There are those who hate the one who upholds justice in court and detest the one who tells the truth. You levy a straw tax on the poor and impose a tax on their grain. Therefore, though you have built stone mansions, you will not live in them. Though you have planted lush vineyards, you will not drink their wine. For I know how many of your offenses and how great your sins. There are those who oppress the innocent and take bribes and deprive the poor of justice in the courts. Here ends the Old Testament reading. The epistle reading for today is taken from the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4, 13 to 18. Believers who have died, brothers and sisters, let, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind, who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with, Je will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will 
will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Here ends the epistle reading.
remain standing for our Holy Gospel reading. Our Holy Gospel reading this morning is from Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil and jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins, who were ready, went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I do not know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Here ends our Holy Gospel reading. We'll continue and confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the
worship services, they stink. Your music and singing are just a bunch of noise. The choir, the bells, the brass, I will not listen to it. Now, who would write such a thing like that? It certainly couldn't be about Redeemer. I mean, I think we do a pretty good worship service. We're blessed with a fantastic choir, Steve, the director, a wonderful brass group. We have bell, a bell group, and, um, you know, they're all great. And Rick, our organist, he's showing slow and steady improvements. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, God said those words. I took some liberty with the way it was written, but it was from the book of Amos. Now, Amos lived about 2,800 years ago. Amos is one of the minor prophets. Now you ask yourself, what's a minor prophet? At seminary, the last hoop you have to jump through to get approved for ordination and a call is a TI, theological interview. And you get to choose one professor of your choice, and then one is assigned. You'll sit in one of their offices, and for over an hour, they will just fire question after question. All these theological questions. And what question do I get that I don't know? What's the difference, Randy, between the minor and major prophet? I don't know. Four years of pre-seminary work, four years of the seminary, and this is such a basic question, I'll never forget the answer now. The minor prophets, their books are shorter. The major prophets, their books are longer. I'm not going to forget that. Amos is not a prophet through the usual way. He writes he's not a son of a prophet, and he didn't go to the school for the prophets. He was a herdsman and dresser of sycamore trees, but God called him to go to the northern kingdom with a message, a warning to the people because of what they were doing. Here's where I got the words for the sermon. Woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. Why do you long for the day of the Lord? That day will be darkness, not light. It will be as though a man fled from a lion only to meet a bear, as though he entered his house and rested his hand on the wall only to have a snake bite him. Will not the day of the Lord be darkness, not light, pitch dark without a ray of brightness? I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. Even though you bring me birth offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps. But let justice roll on like a river, like righteousness like a never-failing stream. Oh, in those days, the economy was good, at least for most of the people. But there was no justice. How they worshipped God certainly didn't reflect how they lived outside the temple. They cheated the poor. They did not give justice. They would hold court at the city gate and people's rights would be abused. And God is angry over this. Their worship is meaningless to him because they don't live it. They don't reflect it. Today is Veterans Day. 
We remember those who have served or currently serving. Today we give thanks for people who make such sacrifices. Bethlehem Theer, she's working on the 100th anniversary for Redeemer, and she was looking through the archives. Now, when I got here, there was outside in front of the chapel, but closer to the sidewalk in the street, was a signboard. And, you know, you could put letters in there and put words, announcements. You really couldn't read it from the road. Uh, but it was falling apart. And after Pastor Wugazer retired, it, it just it had to be done away with. So we start dismantling it. And in the back is a stone that's engraved. You can't make much out. I, I could see World War II. Took a pencil, put it over the words, started scratching. It was a serviceman of Redeemer during World War II. We were going to get it re-engraved, and it was so brittle, unfortunately, it fell apart. But we got those names. We redid a new stone. It sits under the flagpole just by the Circle Drive. <coughs> well, Beth found this. There's a drawing of what this would look like. And this is from... October 23rd, 1945, Reverend Theodore Wugazer. Don't you agree that we have much to be thankful for? Just last Sunday, we again had an occasion to be in the company of a group of ministers. We told them that we had no casualties among our members during the recent war. They were amazed, and they said that God certainly had poured out his blessing upon us. We were told that one small congregation in Michigan had 25 members in service of these five lost their lives. That stone was engraved with the names of the men who came back from war in thankfulness to God from a thankful congregation. We still give thanks that no lives of the servicemen were lost in World War II. We think of all the sacrifice those in the military give, even some their very life. They're a great example to us Christians not about worship, <coughs> that takes place more in here, but service, making a difference, loving our neighbor. Uh, Jesus said something almost similar to Amos, and God didn't like their gifts because of their behavior. Jesus said, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, there remember that you have a brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Now, Redeemer, I don't care. We'll take your gift. <laughs> well, what are we being taught here? Our worship could be meaningless. Our gifts could be meaningless. If you have a brother or sister that you're at odds with, oh, it could be their fault, it could be your fault, it could be both of yours. To do everything within your power and strength, as much as in you lies, to be reconciled. That is what God wants. Paul said in Romans 12, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper, proper worship. Living sacrifice. You know, Martin Luther rediscovered this concept of the priesthood of all believers. We're the priesthood. The laity are the priesthood. Paul's picking up on this idea. What do priests do? They sacrifice. 
but they make dead sacrifices. They sacrifice an animal. We make living sacrifices as priests of God. In Deuteronomy 8, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant. You know, so often we, we fail or forget that our success, our achievements, our wealth are from God. That open door, he opened it through somebody else. Your gift, your ability, on loan to you from God. And we so often forget that. You know, we have Thanksgiving coming up. I often want to view things from the standpoint of God. And when I came here, we only had Thanksgiving morning and a number of people, well-reasoning, can't make it because of all the cooking and preparation. So we started a Thanksgiving Eve service. Now I often look, you know, from the perspective of God, when Thanksgiving comes, I know it's not on the church calendar. We have that holiday because of a president. But I wonder if he looks down on us and sees us so busy making the preparations, having parties and celebrations, and yet so many of us don't step foot into his house to thank him. Looking at me from God's perspective, how many years I've grumbled that I started a Thanksgiving Eve service. <laughs> and how God could say, Randy, you're so blessed. You're in a wonderful congregation you get to serve. You have so much to be thankful for. You're complaining about an hour. Huh? How can a thankful heart be in the midst of complaining? Colossians. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it, not only when their eyes is on you to curry their favor, but when, with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work as it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. What beautiful words. He's talking to slaves. Is Paul concerned about the condition of slavery? Well, you know, it was a social issue then. If you read the book of Philemon, you'll, you'll pick up a little on that, that he does work on that side. But he can't control the government. But to the Christian slaves, he's saying, I know you're in a difficult position. But this earthly master is not your master. It's Christ. In your workplace, May not be happy to be there someday. I got that feeling today for myself. <laughs> but we do it for the Lord. Again, Paul in Philippians, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. Then he continues after talking about Christ, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Christ, God, the creator of this world, does not worry about his equality with the Father or God the Holy Spirit. 
He humbles himself, takes on human flesh, becomes one of us, not because we're good people, not because we deserve it, but because he loves us. And then he goes to the cross and he empties himself. He sacrifices his all. And it is this that we find our motivation, that he paid so much to redeem us, to have us as his own, that we want to serve him and be the priest he has called us to be. Martin Luther said, the world does not need a definition of religion as much as it needs a demonstration. How true that is. James, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongue to deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. How often our tongue, unbridled, speaks such evil. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows under distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. The word pure there, catharsis, that's where we get the word catharsis, where we get the word catheter. Catharsis, it's something good for you. Is James telling us that in serving others, and taking care of the needy, we're doing something for ourselves that brings some kind of peace that the world doesn't give? James, again, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Now, we are saved by faith, but faith naturally will bring good deeds. Again, from the newsletter, I, I read uh, Pastor Theodore had an article in there, October 23rd, 1945. Must have been some, some rumblings within the congregation. Across the years of our experience in the ministry, we have been struck with a very curious fact. It is this. There are individuals who will squander a great number of hours in criticism of the manner in which the minister or the officers do their work. Wouldn't it be a good idea to spend those same hours doing something constructive? The easiest job in the world is the job of being a grandstand manager. <laughs> Sometimes we squander our hours doing nothing that is good. Amos is quoted in Acts chapter 15. The words of the prophets are in agreement with this as it is written. Here's what Amos wrote. After this, I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. Yes, destruction did come, but a remnant was saved. I will rebuild and I will restore it. That the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who bear my name, says the Lord who does these things. Even God had a plan way back there. Gentiles would be brought in. Redeemer is still a part of rebuilding David's tent. Yesterday we had over 15 people at Camp Restore. It's a camp that we've dedicated a lot of money to and labor, hours, sacrifice. We also do so many other things. We're doing the food drive. We have chicks with sticks that are making scarves and mittens and hats for the needy. We do Family of God twice a month month and sometimes we serve up to 80 people each time is there more we can do certainly 
There's always more. Is there more you can do as an individual in service to God? Probably. Is there more your family can do? Most certainly. I want you to spend some time this week. Now reflect, reflect on Christ's sacrifice. Think of yourself as a priest, a living sacrifice. Look at your calendar. Look at your time and how it's spent. Are you being a living sacrifice? Are you helping those in need? Are you ministering to those who are hurting? Maybe you say, well, I, I can't serve God where I'm at. Well, you can't serve God where you ain't. And no matter what your limitations, you can give one of the greatest gifts to those in need, prayer. Commit yourself to prayer for those hurting, those sick, for Redeemer, the ministry, this congregation. Give some thought this week. Am I living as a priest, a living sacrifice? Do I need to work on it? Do I need to let my faith show more? Does what happened in here reflects what you do out there? In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus, amen. We rise and sing the offertory.
right. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we ask you to be with here, with us here as we celebrate Veterans Day. Today we honor some of the strongest, brightest, and by far the most courageous people that you have ever put on this earth. Today we honor the men and women from all the armed services. Today we ask you, Lord, to send your Holy Spirit down upon us and bless each and every one of us. There were many days that we did not have a chance to think about you, Lord, yet you always had time to be by our side. Today we pray for those grieving the loss of loved ones, for the family and friends of Jacqueline Steigerwald. We pray for those facing health concerns, Kurt Wilkie, Jim and Anita Terry, Mike, Richard Bergstrom, Dennis Robinson, John Wargelin, Paul O'Brien, Howard, Scott Parrish, Rick and Carol Wernicke, Christine, Michelle Erickson, Aaron Kritzman, Russ Swanson, Brian Leahy, Tony Kernett, Chris Decker, Jerry Williams, Tom Gray, and Margaret Luce. We pray for those in hospice care, Dan Hildebrandt, Linda Boyce, and Etta Unruh. We pray for the many people of Israel who are suffering at this time during the war. We pray for all those serving in the military, police, and firefighters, for all world leaders to be receptive to godly counsel and for all those suffering from other health concerns. Prayers of thanksgiving this morning for the union of Ellie Goss and Bill Bartlam yesterday and for all those celebrating birthdays and anniversaries. Our sanctuary altar flowers placed by Paul and Jane Quasarano, our lectern flowers placed by Kathy Hansen, and our chapel altar flowers placed by Eleanor Goss and William Bartlett. All this we ask as you have taught us to pray. The Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant to you his peace. Mm -hmm.